In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The introductory spiel in the front of the booklet today about the Feast of Christ the King says this. Only a few years after the Bolshevik October Revolution, that is, uh, the rise of communism as shaped by Vladimir Lenin in Russia, or Soviet Union, and at a time in Europe after the First World War, when fascism and dictatorships posed a serious threat, Pope Pius XI, in 1925, inaugurated a new festival in honour of the kingship of Christ. And this was primarily intended to counter the claims of secularism by holding up the model of Christ as king of the creation, whose just and gentle rule is supreme. And just consider the kind of things that happened around that time in history. The unprecedented horror of the First World War the so-called Spanish flu pandemic, the rise of fascist dictatorships in many, many countries, as well as a militant atheism like in the Soviet Union, which saw widespread destruction of churches and synagogues and mosques, and the killing and arrest of thousands of clergy. Amid all of that, all of that... Pius proclaimed the day of celebration, which is the ancestor of our celebration today. The point of which is a reminder that ultimately, ultimately, we can have confidence that at the end of the whole human story, even amidst all the chaos of history, there is actually an end point. And all that has been and is and will be shall not just vanish away into a final meaningless anarchy that underpinning everything, ruling over everything, there is God. There is Jesus Christ the King. And there's also a strong reminder That, as we affirm in church every week, Christ will come again. Now, just laying some cards on the table about that, I am firmly and decidedly in the camp that says, we have no idea when that will be. No idea. And whether it happens in five minutes or 5,000 years shouldn't make a difference as the whole point is that we live life as if the end could happen at any moment, whilst absolutely living lives of conscience and responsibility for the here and now and for generations to come after. There's a really lovely saying um, attributed to Martin Luther key figure who ignited the Reformation. And he said, if he knew 
the world would end tomorrow. He would plant a tree. Just basically indicating that a good thing is a good thing, irrespective of whether it is short-lived. So that is the kind of balance I suggest we try to live with. Future glory and a present that is sometimes filled with suffering. That when we gaze upon or reflect upon Christ the King, we do hold hope in the glory, the power, the dominion, the resurrection triumph. And also acknowledge that same Christ the King lived a human life like ours. He has scars, pierced hands and feet, with the appearance of his crown blurring between one of regal splendour and one of blood-soaked thorns. Thinking, thinking back to uh, Pius XI, there is something really quite astonishing about, about that one of his responses to everything that was going on around him was to plant the seed for this theme in the calendar. And I say it's astonishing because just consider that it was around the time that he lived that there were new ideas forming about how human flourishing would occur, whether through the uh, workers' paradise of um, inspired by Marxist political thought or a burgeoning capitalism at the other end of the spectrum, or through the rise of a new arrangement of nation-states in the aftermath of a colonial era that often carved out its modern world on the very backs of people who were subjected to slavery and the indigenous people who were in various ways wiped out. All that was happening. And it was also, also, a time of wondrous advancement. Healthcare was improving with medical innovations. Technology was accelerating, giving greater connectivity and ease of travel and so on. Food security was improving for many. And a league of nations had been formed to try and make sure there was no need for nations to learn war anymore. Into all of that, Pius says, let's not forget who is king. Let's not forget the renewal and redemption which Christ has wrought. To which, I think a fair and reasonable but sceptical response could be, well, does it really look like redemption has been achieved with everything that is going on? Does it look like redemption has been achieved? Both back then, but also now, as we look out at a world and it seems there's so much to grieve, especially in 2020, to feel sad about to be angered by things that continue to just shock us 
at how divided communities can be and how inhumanely people can treat one another. Does it look like a world subject to Christ the King and his redemption? Not always. Not always. Maybe not even all that often. But I assure you, there are always glimpses of it. Always. And even though I I did preach on the passage we heard today last week, um, I need to go to it again today, but just with a different angle, because here Jesus tells us the qualities of the kingdom that he expects of us, his people, to embody as part of our witness to Christ. And at this point, I'm going to draw on some words by a Roman Catholic priest in the Salesian order named Flor McCarthy, who took an approach to this passage that is just wonderful. Um, I can't beat it, so I'm just going to plagiarise it. He wrote a version that goes... I was hungry, not for food, but for a smile. And all I got from you was sour looks. I was hungry for a word of encouragement, but all you did was criticise me. I was thirsty, not for a drink, but for a word of recognition. But all you did was ignore me. I was thirsty for a sign of friendship, and you shunned me. I was a stranger, and you refused to have anything to do with me. I was a neighbour, and you wouldn't allow me into your club, because I wasn't in your class. I was naked not because I lacked clothes, but because I lacked self-worth, and you looked down on me. I was stripped of self-confidence, and you made me feel the chill wind of disapproval. I was sick, not in body, but with doubt and worry, and you never even noticed. I was wounded by failure and disappointments, and you couldn't care less. I was a prisoner, but but not behind iron bars. I was a prisoner of loneliness, And you gave me a cold shoulder. I was a prisoner of guilt. And you could have set me free by forgiving me. But you let me languish there to punish me. I was homeless, not for want of a home made of bricks and mortar, but for want of sympathy and understanding. And you treated me as if I were a block of wood. I was homeless for want of love, and you locked me out of your heart. But then the king might say, I was hungry for a word of encouragement, and you praised me. I was hungry for a word of appreciation, and you thanked me. I was thirsty for a word of recognition, and you took notice of me. I was thirsty for a sign of friendship, and you wrote me a letter. I was a stranger, and you made me feel welcome. I was a young person from a bad area, 
and you gave me a job. I was naked for want of self-esteem, and you covered me with self-worth. I was stripped of self-confidence, and you dressed me in the cloak of confidence. I was sick with doubt and worry, and by your cheerful attitude, you lightened my burden. I was in a pit of depression, and by your patient attitude, you gave me hope. I was a prisoner of loneliness, and through your friendship, you released me. I was a prisoner of guilt, and through your forgiveness, you set me free. I was homeless for want of sympathy, understanding, and you listened to me. I was homeless for want of love, and you took me into your heart. Through all the changes and chances of this fleeting world, Christ the King asks us to be agents of his transforming love in the world. Even though it might not make all the difference, it can still make a real difference. We can leave the King to ultimately make all the difference. But living well, becoming more fully human and humane, with a compassion that draws on Christ's own heart and passion, that is a sign of the redemption that is both at work now and is still to come. Even though we will all falter and fall short at times. Whatever happens... Jesus is still king. He is risen and he will come again. Thanks be to God. Amen.